Hello Manchester United fans, welcome back to this episode of the Manchester is Red podcast brought to you by the Manchester Evening News. I am Sam Hutchison, I'm here riding solo today. We have got a couple of reviews from our writers to come up. This is going out in between the Wrexham and the Real Madrid games. Obviously the Wrexham game for me, time of the recording was last night. The Real Madrid game is tonight and here in England they're both really early in the morning. So I doubt many Manchester United fans based here in England actually caught the Wrexham game live. If you didn't, it was a 3-1 loss. A lot of youth players out on that team. The team read Nathan Bishop in goal, Mark Gerardo, Will Fish, Johnny Evans and Alvaro Fernandez crossed fence. Collier and Dan Gore were in midfield. Shoretire was off the right. Mejbri started in the number 10 role and Hanson Owen started off the left. And then up front, it was Joe Hugill. It was a pretty much full-strength team from Wrexham, as far as I can tell. I didn't watch much Wrexham last season, but this is the sort of team that they were playing last season. Paul Mullins started, Callum McFadden, Ben Toza, Ben Foster in net. It was pretty much full-strength from Wrexham, and Man United basically lost this game on the cross. But anyway, we've got reviews today from our writers who were actually at the game, which, who better to tell you about the game than our writers who were actually there? But without further ado, let's get straight into their reviews and then I'll come back and join you afterwards. Hello from the Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego, where Manchester United have lost 3-1 to Wrexham uh, this evening in America, early morning in UK time. Uh, a very young United team, as Eric Tanaga said it would be. Johnny Evans started, played 73 minutes. Uh, Nathan Bishop, the next youngest player in that group at 23. Three of the young players who've been with the first team group did start in, in Hannibal Mejri, Alvaro Fernandez and Dan Gore. Uh, it turned into a fairly controversial game. Um, early, an early incident around 10 minutes in when Paul Mullin, Wrexham star striker. Wrexham are obviously pretty big over here. Mullin especially is a star player. Wrexham's leading goal scorer in his relationship with... Um, with Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney. McElhenney was here tonight um, watching the game. Reynolds is back in the UK. So Foss, um, Mullins' relationship with them has made him a big name in the United States. So a lot of fans here to see him, but he got the wrong side of Johnny Evans and, and raced clear around 10 minutes in. Bishop a bit late coming off his line, took too long to make the decision. When he did make the decision, he was never getting there and he clattered into Mullin and it was a really nasty incident, to be honest. Uh, Mullin, we have it confirmed now, has suffered a punctured lung in the incident, but he went down in and needed oxygen. There was medical staff from both clubs who came on to treat him. He did manage to get up and walk off the pitch, but there was a lot of concern, to be honest, for, for quite a while and a really nasty incident. Um, and, and I think because of Molly's popularity, Bishop was booed for the rest of the half. He only played 45 minutes. I thought he was at fault for the first goal, a cross in that Elliot Lee scored from three yards out. It's a real tough night for, for Bishop. Uh, Aaron Hayden with a second goal from a long throw. Uh, a real, a real Wrexham tactic that Ben Toza launching the long throw in, got a flick on and Aaron Hayden scoring at the back post. Um, so 2-0 at half-time, Bishop the only United player to go off, that, that was planned apparently. We've since been told that Bishop has reached out to, to Paul Mullin through the Wrexham dressing room. Uh, Mullin was taken to hospital during the game and like I said, I had a confirmation of that punctured lung. But, um, but yeah, Bishop has reached out to him and through the Wrexham dressing room to try and make contact. Uh, second half, then Dan Gore sent off for United two minutes into the second half. A really poor decision. United quite disappointed with it. It, it wasn't a sending off in a competitive game, never mind a friendly. Uh, him and Andy Cannon, the Wrexham midfielder, went into the challenge with the same ferocity and, and just nothing really um, nothing really in it. It was, it was 2-1 at that point. Missed, 
Mr. United Cole there, uh, Alvaro Fernandez with a cross that Mark Gerardo scored. Two Spanish fullbacks uh, linking up well, which I'm sure Ten Hag will be pleased with. Ten Hag was here, he was sat on the bench watching the game. Travis Binion took charge of it. Um, but Ten Hag on the bench, keeping a close eye on things, and he did get up at one point to, to have a chat with Binion. But Gore sending off kind of killed the game. I mean, United competed well second half. I thought Hannibal was good second half, actually. Um, while United were down to 10 men, really tried to drive them forward and, and take the game on. But Wrexham killed it off when, uh, when Sam Dolby scored another header, all three goals from crosses. We've spoken to, to Travis Binion, who said he was disappointed with that element and disappointed with the, the fact they conceded from crosses. And, and I think there was a feeling that they didn't really do themselves justice tonight. 34,000 strong crowd, real opportunity to impress and, and make a statement. And I think there was a little bit of disappointment that they didn't do themselves justice, as I say. Um, you know, Johnny Evans, the senior man in that team, but he didn't have a great game either. One really poor back header to concede a corner. Uh, caught out by Mullin for, for the incident that led to Mullin getting injured. So not a night when Johnny Evans covered himself in glory. If this was his audition for a contract, it, it wasn't a great one. Uh, I'm filming this about an hour, hour and 20 minutes after the full-time whistle. You can see the, the pitch behind me now is, is empty. The goals have gone, all the fans have gone. Uh, I was actually pitch side a minute ago, but we're being kicked out of the stadium as they try and uh, shut it down. Borussia Dortmund are in town as well, and they're playing the local team, San Diego Loyal, at this stadium on Thursday night. So I think they're keen to, to get things moving and, and rebranded. Uh, as for United, Ten Hag flew to Houston straight after the game. The rest of the first team had already flown. Flew around 5pm. This game kicked off at 7.45. Ten Hag has now flown to Houston. While I'm speaking to you, he will be in the air. Uh, United playing Real Madrid tomorrow. That'll be a first-team group and a very strong team uh, in Houston. A really interesting friendly, of course. A lot of, a lot of plot lines there. A huge game against a, a huge European team. So that'll be a really interesting game. I'm sure we'll be speaking to Ten Hag at it tomorrow. Um, there's loads of content online now from the Wrexham game, loads of reaction. Uh, we'll bring you a bit more during the day, building up to that Real Madrid game. That's a 1.30 kickoff in the UK, I believe, uh, 7.30 in Houston. We'll have plenty more videos for you on our, on our YouTube channel, on social media from Houston uh, in the build-up to that game and post-match, as well as all the usual content on the Manchester Evening News website. So stay tuned to follow us throughout United's USA Tour. Uh, that's all from San Diego on Tuesday night. Now it's over to Houston on Wednesday. So, like Samuel said and Ty said, I do think Dan Gore was unfortunate to be sent off. I do think Nathan Bishop was pretty poor. But it wasn't a fantastic vintage performance from Manchester United. As for what I thought of the game, I'd have to say... I do think Wrexham probably deserved to win. They were the better side on the night. Man United didn't really deal with the crosses at all well. That was where Wrexham are strongest in attack. They like a good cross. They play a five at the back with two pretty decent wing-backs at that level. And they were putting in crosses and they, were, they did all right. Obviously, they have a great squad for the level of team they are. They have only just returned to the Football League, like Samuel said, after 15 years. But it's not really a, a sticking point. The result's not the big issue here. It's all about what the players brought to the side. And I thought Hannibal was probably the best player on the pitch. I thought he was really good in that number 10 role. And he's really forcing his way into Eric Ten Hag's way of thinking for the season especially. And maybe even for the start of the season. And then maybe Eric Ten Hag will look to let him go out on loan. But... I do think Hannibal was really good in that number 10 role. I think he could probably play a very sort of backup role to Bruno Fernandes, Mason Mount, Christian Eriksen that we're likely to see this season. 
in that sort of those two sort of wider midfielders in a four three three, which is what Eric Ten Hag looks to be playing. With Jaden Sancho been playing as a false nine so far this season, this preseason, sorry, I do think that'll allow a lot more attacking drive from the midfield. And Casemiro, obviously, you don't need to do much defensive work if you are alongside Casemiro, which is where I expect Mount to start the season and Bruno Fernandes to be the more advanced of the midfielders. But I do think Hannibal could probably fill in in that role and I do think he could probably do a job, even if it's not in the Premier League regularly, I think he could probably do a job in sort of the cup competitions as a rotation option off the bench. He is really sort of active when he comes on the pitch. He's really driven to get back on the ball, get the win the ball back. And sometimes that comes across as aggression. But he is actually a fantastic footballer. Obviously, he had a decent season at Birmingham last season on loan. And he's returned to the squad and he is trying to make a name for himself. And you can't really fault him for that. So now you've listened to a couple of Wrexham reviews, the interview with Travis Binion. And now I'm going to preview the Real Madrid game. They have been surprisingly strong across the board so far in pre-season. They've only played one game, but it was a pretty solid team. They don't really have any youth players in their squad. Everybody in their squad should be able to sort of do a job in a sort of top side. They've got Nico Paz, I think, is the youngest player in their squad, and I don't really expect he will start many games from Real Madrid at all, really, this season. He didn't start against AC Milan. He did come on. Didn't make much of an impact, but they've got sort of they've got probably two first teams, which are both really strong. It looks like Carlo Ancelotti's had to change his sort of tactical system a little bit to make up for the loss of Benzema to the Saudi League. Obviously, that is a big loss. He is the reigning Ballon d'Or winner. They have signed Hosselu, who you might remember from his days at Newcastle. He never really did it for Newcastle. Returned to Spain. Signed for Alaves and he's been actually really good for Alaves recently. They sort of changed their tactical system where last season they were very much a 4-3-3 with a solid midfield free and then an attack building off Benzema. This season it looks like they're going to have to change it a little bit to sort of make up for that loss of that out-and-out star striker who's going to score the majority of the goals. And it looks like it's going to be adapted into a more, more of a 4-4-2 with a midfield diamond or what could be sort of seen as like a four, sort of, sort of similar to what Ralph Ranić played at Man United, a 4-2 four, four with two sort of attacking midfielders and then two strikers to sort of balance out the goal-scoring duties of that side that a team like Real Madrid is going to need. They still have Cruz, they still have Modric, they've really strengthened though. Jude Bellingham, I mean, he was a target for Manchester United. If you're an Englishman, you, or if you're from England, you probably know just how good Jude Bellingham is. Fantastic footballer. He's taken Zinedine Zidane's number and it looked like against AC Milan, he was playing in the same sort of position, which might be something to look for and see if Casemiro can deal with such a mercurial talent as Jude Bellingham on his own because he's not really going to have that much defensive help. It wasn't a strong AC Milan side, Real Madrid did win 3-2 in this previous game. Federico Valverde scored twice and Vinicius Jr. scored once. It's pretty much straight as straightforward as it gets. They've not had a massive squad overhaul in summer. They didn't really need one. I mean, I'm just looking at the players who came off the bench in that game here. 
Alaba, Vinicius Junior, Modric, Rodrigo, Schuermany, Rudiger. They are a really strong side, and this is going to be probably the biggest test. In that way, I hope we see Manchester United's strongest starting eleven so far. I think we'll probably see Onana get his debut in net, and then I'd like to see probably Diogo Dallo, Varane, Martinez, Luke Shaw, Casemiro, Mount Fernandez. Off the right is the questionable one. Anthony's not really set the world alight in pre-season. Sancho will probably start as a false nine and Rashford will probably start off the left, if not Garnacho. I it, The question is who starts off the right because Man United still, their only real out-and-out winger is Anthony and Anthony's not been great in pre-season. He's just a, he seems a bit slow when he gets on the ball. I mean, it is pre-season. He's probably just getting back up to speed. But... I'd like to see someone else maybe get a chance out there. Maybe Garnacho on the right. I mean, Rashford did an interview this week where he said he prefers playing off the left or as a striker as he gets older. He doesn't feel like his runs make anywhere near as much impact off the right. And I'd probably agree his best position is off the left. We know that, Manchester United fans. This is going to be a test. And I do think Eric Ten Hag probably needs to go pretty heavy. But Manchester United fans, thank you for listening to this extra sort of midweek episode of the Manchester's Red podcast with me, Sam Hutchison. Get at me, at Sam Hutch, M-E-N, if you have anything to say, have any questions about Manchester United, have any questions about the game. I hope you enjoyed this extra episode. We will be back with a proper full-length episode of the Manchester's Red podcast on Friday, probably. Check out our website. We've got some fantastic articles out there on the minute. But thank you for listening, Manchester United fans, and speak to you next time. Mm-hmm.